Good to see everybody again. The, um, uh, so yesterday morning, I'm at the final hours of my few days off, uh, and I'm reclining on a lounger looking at the daf for today. And all of a sudden, Rova throws out a question. I remember Rova, the Havayas, the Abaya of Rova, we spoke about a few shirim ago, that, that Rova, Rova and Abaya revolutionized the whole method of learning Torah. Uh, and that's why from then onwards we Paskin like the later authorities, whereas beforehand we were Paskin like the earlier authorities. So, so Rob is just a huge personality and character in, in the Gemara. So Rob throws out this question that causes me to jump out of my recliner and shout out loud, Rob, have you lost your mind? What, what is with you? What did, what did Rava ask? Boy, Rava, Rava throws out a question. What happens if an etrog shows the same symptoms as an animal that is a trefa? And so trefa with, with an animal, I've got a lot of the, the background to trefa on, on the second page of the, of the sources. The background to trefa is there, there are 18 categories or eight according to Ulo, categories of trefal that the we're told if an animal shows these symptoms, the animal is trefal, it may not be eaten. Um, and, and the Rambam brings bring 70 such, such examples of, of trefal. So there are eight primary examples and that breaks up into 18 and that breaks up into 70. Um, and these ideas of trefal, the Rambam says, if an animal is about to die. And why is the word trefa used, says the Rambam? It's like an animal with it is being attacked by a lion and it isn't yet dead. Anybody who's been to the safari parks, the game reserves in Africa, has seen this. You see the animal has been bitten, it's been attacked by the lion, uh, it's still moving around, but it doesn't have much lo- long to live. That's the idea of a trefa. You know it's not going to live. Um, and the Rambam says further on in Perik Yud, Halach Yud Beis and Yud Gimel, that even though we know there are other things that can cause an animal to die, that doesn't make a trefa. Even if you know medically that this animal's got a trefa halachically, but it's going to live because we have the medical capability to keep it alive, it's still a trefa. So trefa is alochel but the principle of trefa is, from the perspective of Shemayim, this animal has lost its life. Although any, anybody looking at the animal will say it's still alive, if you ate from it, it would be a problem of Eivim of, Minachai, of the animal is still alive. But halachically, this is called trefa, it's as if it's no longer categorized as a living animal. That's trefa. Rova, what's that got to do with an esrug? Says Rova, if you'll see the same things, an esrog has the signs of trefo. What's with the esrog? Is the esrog kosher? Rova, an esrog is an esrog, an animal is an animal. What are you comparing them together? And although we've talked about the fact of, of how in Gomorrah it's so important to understand when you can compare, to be able to think across silos, to be able to work backwards and forwards, and you need to understand the underlying principle uh, so that you can figure out whether you can compare or you can't. But where do you find anything comparable between an esrog and a cow? It's, it's hilarious, this piece of Gemara. You've got to burst out laughing and say, Robert, is this a joke? Is this comedy? You're talking about if an esrog shows the simon trefa of a cow, is the esrog going to be kosher or not? Really? What are you talking about? 
so there's a there's a difference with with, with such a beautiful sugya that drew me into the in, into the whole sugya, which is just so so beautiful, and we only have a chance to skim the surface and to get to the matmon, to the to the hidden treasure. Uh, but there's a machlokis Rashi and and Tosfos, Rabbi Hananel in Tosfos, just a few lines above, and and the essence of their machlokis is. We're talking about what, what well, let me st- take a step back. So, what does Rova answer to me? So, I say to Rova, Have you lost your mind? Why, what are you talking about? Esra, Cal, what's the connection? Says Rova, Do you have no poetic sense at all? He says to me, When you learn the Mishnah, have you completely forgotten about Chulin just because it's the end of the Dafyomi cycle? You don't remember Chulin anymore? We talk about, uh, about a situation we had on Daflamid Gimel in the Mishnah with an, an Esra, and we talked about an Esrog that is Nisdak. Um, <coughs> niklaf, Nisdak, Nikav, Vachose. An Esrog that is peeled or that is split or that is pierced. Those are words from Chulin, says Rava. Do you miss the poetic I- inference that, that Rabbi Yudha who writes the Mishnah, Uses, he uses words that immediately take your mind to Chulin. So there's some connection, there's some at least a poetic connection, and, and maybe a halachic connection, and that's what Rav is exploring. Is this just a poetic connection, or is this a halachic connection? What's going on here, says Rav? Can't you see the connection? So there's a machlokis Rashi and, and Rabbi Nechanal in the Tosfos on Adaf as to whether what, what Rav is saying is that these cases of Niklav, if the if the esrog is peeled or it's pierced or it's split, are, what is the psul? Is the psul because this is a kind of trefer in an esrog, whatever that means, or is the psul because it's not hada? So Rashi says when we're talking about the case of um, of, of a peeled esrog, Rashi says if it's partially peeled, it's menumar, it looks like a leopard, it's spotty. And, Ra- and Rashi said back on Daf Lamed Gimel Amud Beis, at the top of Lamed Gimel Amud Beis, Munumaru Fasul, in the case of a Hadas, the reason that Munumar, if it's leopardy, spotty, it's posul, Delav Hadarhu. So according to Rashi, the issue here is Hadar. So we've got to understand, what is Hadar? Beauty. Hadar means beauty. This esrog looks perfectly beautiful. It's just got a problem inside. Um, or, or it has a little hole in it, but it looks perfectly beautiful. What, what is the Hadar problem? And according to Rabbeinu Hananel, apart from Hadar, there's another problem according to Rav. There's this problem of trefa, of simone trefas. There's a whole new category of things you've got to look at with an esrog. Maybe it's got simone trefut. What does that mean and why is that? So what, what we see here is something amazing when you, when you think about it and you analyze it. It's so according to Rashi, and we'll take it Rashi and Rabbeinu Hananel. According to Rashi, we learn here that the simone trefa detract from Hadar. What is the essence of the Simane Trefa? The essence of the Simane Trefa is if you look at the animal on the outside, it looks fine. Once you've slaughtered it and you've opened its lung, you find, oh, there's actually a problem with the lung inside. This animal has a Siman Trefa, which means primarily it's lost its life force. It's not an animal that's going to live for long. It's lost its life force. But you can't see it from the outside. You see the animal dancing and prancing outside in the pastures, and you'd say this is a perfectly fine animal. What, we learn, what Rove is exploring here is just as Trefor tells you, don't judge the life force of an animal by its outside. You've got to go inside the animal and see its inner health to know whether this is a kosher animal. 
Kashrus is not just about outside. There's some simonim, the cloven hoof and the chewing the cud. Those are external simanim to know which animals are kosher and which are not. But when we get to the, to the essence of Hilchus Trefus, which the Gemara says in Chulin, comes from the Posuk. Um, did I not bring the Posuk? Where, where the Gemara says it comes from the Posuk, that, that's all the Tzimanei Trefus, that you've got to look inside the animal to know whether the animal is a Trefa or not. The simone kashus, the cloven hoof, and that you can look on the outside. But simone trefer, you've got to, you can only get into the animal to really know. And you only can do that after the animal's dead. Can you really know whether the animal was kosher or, or is kosher or isn't kosher? So with hadar, which is such an external thing, hadar is about outer beauty. Hadar is about aesthetics. So according to Rashi, what we learn over here is, yes, hadar is about aesthetics, but it's not only about external aesthetics. There's internal aesthetics as well. If the inside is rotting and the outside is beautiful, that's no longer Hadar. You can't just look at the outside and say, what a beautiful esroy. If the inside is not okay, if it has Simone Trefo, that's not Hadar. There's nothing beautiful about that esroy. It's on its way out. And those are the, and that's how Rashi will The way I understand Rabbeinu Hananel is based on a a Rambam in the Perish Mishnayus, uh, which you see at the bottom of, of the first page of the sources, where the Rambam's talking about Orlot, same Mishnah that an Esrog, which is from Orlot, from the first four years of, of, an, of a tree's life, and therefore the, the Esrog is Osubahana, we're not allowed to benefit from it, says the Rambam, the reason is, Lufichachu Pasul Shaharei Amar Hashem Pri. Hashem says in the posuk up at the top of the page, pre eats hadar. So Rashi focuses on the word hadar. Rabbi Hananel, I would suggest, focuses on the word pre. And the Rambam says, These are not fit for eating, so they're not pre. It's not that it's not hadar. It's not a pre. It's not a fruit. When you go to the market and you look at it, there's a nice orange there and you touch the orange and it collapses and it's soft inside and it's all mushy because it's all liquid inside. You don't buy the orange. That's not pre. That's not something you're going to take home. When you look at the orange and part of the peel is missing and its color is all funny and spotted, you don't take the orange. Not because it's not hadar. You take it because it's not pre. So, so the way Rabbeinu Hananel learns here is that these simane trefut, just as an animal that is a trefo, it's not a living animal, although to you it looks like a living animal. But since its inner life is not there, it's not a living animal. So an esrog whose inner being is not, is not there, it's, it's rotten, although on the outside it looks perfect. That's not pre. So whether trefo undermines the definition of hadar, as Rashi learns, or whether it underlines or denies the principle of, of pre, as Rabbeinu Hananel learns, and there's a big nafkimina, there's a big difference between those two. Because if it's just a matter of hadar, yeah, this is a good esrog, it's just not hadar. Well, then it's a problem on the first day Yom Tif. But the rest of the days of Yom Tif, it would be okay, because you need hadar on the first day Yom Tif. But if you say it undermines the definition of pre, that it's not even a fruit anymore, then it's possible all days of Yom Tif. Now, the Rambam paskins that these Simone Trefa are only on the first day, so the Rambam seems to be learning like Rashi. 
Um, but according to Rabbeinu Hanan, it would be the whole of Yontif. So what do we see from here? Whether you're looking at Hadar, at the beauty of a person, because you've got to look at these things. It's not just comparing an esrog to, a, to a, an animal, to a cow. It's comparing an esrog to a cow, to a human. The whole, there's a link the way through. The Zohar says you've got to see the human form in all of, of, of the world, of the universe. The Zohar talks about the ocean has a human form. It has hands, it has arms, it has a head, it has a heart. You've got to, the human form is a part of the system that the Rebbeinu designs everything with. And you've got to see that human form in everything. So the same with an, with an esrog, we've got to learn from that. And what do we learn from that? When you're looking at another human being, the outside might look perfect. You actually don't know until he's dead. Uh, as we see in Pekiovis, you don't know really what's going on until the, until the inside is examined. That's what really determines what kind of a mensch this is, what kind of a human being this is. The person is hadar, is beautiful, is amazing, he's got charisma. That's all on the outside. It doesn't tell you about the inner life force. Does this person have, have chesed? Is this a caring human being? Is this a human being that has drive and urgency? Is this a person that has strength and that has kindness, chesed and gevuro? What's on the inside of this person? Because as much as we can look on the outside and even where, where you're looking for hadar, which is the external qualifications, if the internal is rotten, the external doesn't count. It's not a pre if the internal isn't there. And it just reminds us how important it is, even in the areas where we have to look at the outside, where the outside is important. Yes, it's important, but not at the expense of the inside. And that when we're judging people, when we're hiring people, when we're leading people, when we're entering into partnerships with people, when we're marrying people, always to understand there's the outside which you look at. You take the esrog and you look at the outside, but you've got to test the inside. Because if there's Simone Trefo, if there's signs of, of Trefo, as the Rambam says, that's considered as if this is an animal that's already been attacked, it's on its way out, and it, it's no longer... It's no longer pre, it's no longer an animal, or it's no longer the human being that you think it is. And that we have to look at everything, not only in terms of its external, but in terms of its internal as well. Thanks.